from St. Louis Public Radio. This is St. Louis on the Air. I'm Sarah Fenske. When Kathy Hart first visited Father Dixon Cemetery in the 1980s, it was disheartening. The historic cemetery in South St. Louis County was overgrown and neglected. But Kathy Hart has worked to change that. She and other volunteers have tirelessly worked to care for the cemetery. And earlier this week, they got some great news. Father Dixon Cemetery has been added to the National Register of Historic Places. And joining us now with more is Kathy Hart. She's a board member at Father Dixon Cemetery. Kathy, welcome back. Thank you, Sarah. It's good to be here. So I couldn't help but see the big smile that broke across your face when I mentioned the National Register of Historic Places. This feels like a big deal for this cemetery. It is a big deal. It is a big deal. It's something that we've believed in since the very beginning, and we've attempted to get on the register a few times, and this time it came through for us. So, so is this wonderful. something where you, you have to put in an application? or Right. You have to apply. And um, we've applied, as I said, a number of times, but this time, for whatever reason, the State Historic Preservation Office um, introduced it again in August, and we found out that it was approved in October. So it was a really quick turnaround. Um, we were all surprised, but but very happily so. Yeah, a good surprise for yeah, once. Yeah, exactly. That's great. Well, so for people who aren't familiar with this cemetery, I want to give some historic context on this mm-hmm. since we're talking about it now being on the historic register. This is kind of in the shadow of the Sappington House Museum mm-hmm. and the Ulysses S. Grant National Historic Site. Mm-hmm. What do we know about when it first started being used as a cemetery? Well, it was opened in 1903. And, um, of course, the Sappington House was already there. Mm-hmm. Um, the Grant site was already there, and it's, it's a little bit of a ways away. But, um, but the cemetery was 12 acres that were purchased and, and uh, opened as a cemetery in 1903. Okay, so very early in the 20th century. Exactly. So who are some of the prominent people that were buried there? Well, befa- besides Father Dixon, who is the namesake of the cemetery. And tell us who Father Dixon was. Okay, um, Father Dixon uh, was actually Moses Dixon, and he was born in 1824 in Cincinnati, and he worked throughout the South as an itinerant barber at first, and of course was exposed to all of the the tragedy of slavery. Mm -hmm. And so he took it upon himself to start a group of uh, abolitionists, people who would actually fight, um, not just advocate against slavery, but to actually take up arms and fight to free slaves. Wow. And it was a secret organization. It had um, by the time of the Civil War, it had about 47,000 members. Wow. And all of these members, again, it was very secret. All of them swore an oath of secrecy until death. And so um, the plan was to take up arms, and they had some supporters who were providing them with funding and arms and so forth, but um, the Civil War started. And so uh, Dixon said, well, rather than us try to take this on ourselves. Let's go fight with the Union Army and and do it that way. So um, after the Civil War, he became a philanthropist and a 
uh, a founder of several benevolent organizations that were there to help freed slaves. Okay. And so he was an abolitionist, uh, a pastor, um, of course, a veteran. And, um, yeah, he's he's just an all-around uh, great hero. Yeah, what a remarkable life story. Yeah, so yeah. the cemetery was named for him, and he's right. buried there. Right. He is buried there. Thanks for getting me back on point. <laughs> um, he is buried there. Um, the Vashans, for whom mm-hmm. Vashan High School... Um, uh, John Vashon and his mother, Susan, are buried there. Uh, James Milton Turner, who was the first African-American ambassador. Uh, he was the ambassador to Liberia, I believe. Uh, he is buried there as well. And then, of course, there are Civil War veterans, World War I, II, Korea, are, are um, buried there as well. And there's also some <coughs> members of your own family. Yeah, I know. Um, my great-grandparents are buried there, and my great-great-grandmother, uh, my great-great-grandmother is buried there, but we don't know exactly where because her headstone is gone. Okay. Uh, but my great-grandparents are, yeah, they're still recognizable. So mentioning that headstone <clears throat> being gone, this cemetery, obviously some very prominent people were mm-hmm. laid to rest there. But then by the time you got involved with it, it had kind of hit some hard times. Absolutely. It just wasn't being maintained? It was not being maintained, and it was being abused um, because it was neglected. You know, people felt free to come in and dump trash or to have beer parties or satanic rituals or, you know, any number of things. So uh, it was overgrown and it was easy to hide the dumping and the vandalism that was going on there. So it sounds like trying to reverse that, that's a really difficult task, especially when we're talking about volunteers trying to do it. We've been at it for 35 years. 35 years, yeah. I mean, I imagine in the beginning this was this pr- pretty slow going. Well, it was and it wasn't because it was so uh, damaged and mm-hmm. so in such poor shape that anything that you did was a marked improvement. You could make a big impact right, right away. very easily. Yeah. And so we all showed up, Our the Friends of Father Dixon, um, we all showed up with whatever implements we had, hoes, rakes, shovels, uh, chainsaws, you name it. And we just brought it to the cemetery to do whatever we could do. And um, so removing bushes and hauling trash out and all of that, it was easy to make a difference because it was so badly damaged. Mm. So you guys really tackled that, but it was around that same time that there was a real threat to the existence of the cemetery. Right, and that was probably the impetus for the organization Friends of Father Dixon being formed. This was somebody wanted to construct something on site, like a commercial development? Right. Um, I'm not exactly sure, but there was a developer who wanted to move, in air quotes, uh, some of the graves, which we know most of those would have just been plowed under, right. and to build some sort of a commercial um, I- enterprise on it. And that, of course, infuriated the people who were descendants of the people who were buried there. So we got together and formed the organization to uh, to rescue the cemetery. So I can see how people would feel called to, to take this on. Mm-hmm. But the fact that you're still going with that work 30 years later, that seems remarkable to me. I mean, has there ever been a point where this, this volunteer group is saying, you know what, we're tired. <laughs> like, this is a lot of work here. Well, we are tired. Yeah. <laughs> we are tired. Um, we're 30 years older than we were when we started. And we've lost a number of members, of course, to death and so mm-hmm. forth. 
And so, um, yes, it, it has been a, a very trying time, um, but nothing has changed. You know, it's still an important landmark. Mm-hmm. Uh, black history is still important, and it's, it's still important for us to maintain uh, this, this landmark that we have. And so, yeah, uh, it's been hard work, but yeah. the work goes on. You know, it, it still continues. So now that you have this official status, you're on the National Register of Historic Places, could that make the work easier maybe in some ways? Could that lead to other good things? We're hoping that it will. We are hoping that it will help us to gain visibility and, um, and that it will make it easier for people to recognize the importance of it, mm-hmm. and want to be involved with it, and want to uh, you know take part, and and contribute to its to its uh, ongoing success. So you would be happy to have some some new blood join the group. Yes, absolutely. We're open to that. You guys aren't tightly controlling. Absolutely who's allowed to volunteer. not. You know, yeah. Right now we are we are down to our our executive board mm-hmm. and a couple of members. Um, but we are open to having new members. It's It's been difficult to get new members, um, specifically mm-hmm. the younger people, because, mm-hmm. you know, a cemetery, who wants to think about that, yeah. right? But um, for older people who appreciate having the cemetery, it's harder for them to actually get out there and do any work and, yeah. and that. But we've been so fortunate to have so many volunteers to step up and a lot of uh, high school groups, you know, they've got great energy. Yeah, and, for sure. And um, they're 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 hardworking. Uh, a lot of Eagle Scout projects, um, and a lot of volunteer groups who like the Kiwanas and uh, uh, Christmas in April. You know, different groups like that that have come in and pitched in with their their muscle power and also their their financial contributions as well. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Yeah, I was very surprised uh, to read you get no financial support from St. Louis County or from the state of Missouri or from the federal government. Is there a hope that maybe some grants could come out of the fact that you now have this historic status? That is a hope, yes, and we will be pursuing that. Good. I'm, I'm so glad to hear that. But so, look, I imagine that in addition to people who want to help out, that there might be people listening today who, you know, this is now on the National Register of Historic Places. Mm-hmm. They might be interested in just coming to take a look. Absolutely. If somebody wants to come see this cemetery, what would you suggest for their visit? How much time do they need to earmark? And is there something in particular you'd suggest they should check out while they're there? Well, it's a 12-acre cemetery, so there's plenty of time to wander around. Mm-hmm. And we have some notable burials there that are marked. And so if you just pick up a a tour brochure when you come in, um, and it will identify the different areas where we have notable notable burials, and you can stop by those. So, um, And some people just come in because it's so nice and peaceful. And um, so there's there's plenty to see. Um, You can spend an hour or four hours. You know, pack a picnic lunch and find a shady spot. Yeah, you wouldn't consider that. Um, uh, that wouldn't be an insult if somebody Absolutely came to picnic. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. That's what we used to do after we finished working in the cemetery anyway. We would do all of our work and then 
put down a blanket, unpack a cooler, and kick back and have lunch with my great-grandparents. So it was great. I think that's wonderful. Well, Kathy Hart, I want to thank you so much for joining us today. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for having us back to celebrate this milestone. Yeah, I mean, this is such a big deal. I know, This episode was produced by Emily Woodbury with audio engineering by Alex Hoyer and production assistance from Jane Mather-Glass. It was mixed and edited by Aaron Dorr. Our executive producer is Alex. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. Understanding starts here. Do you find yourself regularly listening to episodes of St. Louis on the Air? Suggest us to a friend you think might enjoy our conversations. And leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the simplest way to help people discover our show. Thanks. St. Louis Public Radio is a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to conservation and careful management of the state's forests to make them more resilient and better habitats for wildlife. Choosewood.com.